Uh, welcome to everyone who's visiting this morning. Uh, my name is Christian, and it is my pleasure uh, to be here with you. Uh, our church all together has been pursuing our calling. Uh, we've been trying to hear what God has for us. We want to grow uh, together. We want to gather to see Jesus and grow to follow him, and then we want to go out into the world to show him. Uh, we believe our calling together as a church uh, and as individuals is to work at following Jesus in such a way that the way we live, our manner in life makes Jesus visible. Uh, look at the way Paul puts this in Ephesians 4. Lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, Paul was certain that every man and every woman had a calling, that God wanted every one of us to follow after Jesus and in so doing live in a way that made Jesus visible to others. What might it look like? He continues in verse two, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, last week, we talked together what, about what it looks like to walk in all gentleness, uh, to live in such a way that you lose it less. Did anybody lose it since last week? Yeah. We talked about humility the week before that, what it would look like to have the right perspective on yourself and others, both in order to find the way to live the life that makes Jesus visible for us and for the world. This morning, the third term in our list, what it looks like to walk in patience. That's what we're going to consider this morning. Of all of the characteristics in the list, this one is the one that God is at work in me more than any other uh, for the last 20 years or plus. Uh, that means I've struggled with patience more than anything else on this list. But listen now, God has helped me more in this area than any other. Are there any others in here who with me would be willing to say, patience is the one that I need most help in? I'm so thankful that you can say that. Um, and I saw one person not raise their hand and the person beside them looked like. <laughs> I want you to hear this. The only way to grow in patience is to walk down the road of suffering. You can't go around it. You can't run away from it. If you do, you'll never grow in patience. And the truth about you is that you need to grow in patience. That journey began for me in earnest in the fall of 1994. That was a year that I finished college and I moved to Philadelphia. I moved into a home with 14 other Christians right in southwest Philly. All of us worked together at a school on 60th and King Sessing. 14 of us in a row house that had four bedrooms. Do the math. <laughs> there was plenty of opportunity for impatience. Plenty of opportunity to get agitated and annoyed. Every chance to really feel fussy because someone else was stepping on your toes or crossing your path. Some of the people in the house were very far along in their faith. They were humble. They were gracious. They were gentle. They were patient. Others of us were pretty far back. I was about the lowest on the list, I'll tell you now, in patience. Chris Ann, she was very far along in patience. She was gentle. She was kind. She was gracious. 
I really admired her. I got annoyed at everything. Does this happen to you? When it was time to go to school and I was ready, if other people weren't ready, why not? I was angry. When it was time to sit down for dinner and start to eat, if someone else wasn't at the table and we all had to wait till we all got down and said our prayer, I wanted it now. What's wrong with you? That was my attitude. When there was a person who was in the bathroom, one of two bathrooms that was for 14 people, again, think about it, I was never kind and gracious. If I did my laundry, which was now and then, and someone else's was in there already, I was often tempted to take theirs and throw it into the dirty corner of the basement so that I could get in front of them. Patience was my weak point. There was one moment where Chrisanne reacted to one of my outbursts in a manner that I will never forget. Uh, I had some kind of eruption and there she turned and looked at me very calmly. And then she tilted her head to the side. Yeah. And she smiled and she started to sing. Be patient, be patient. Don't be in such a hurry. Do you know the song? Does anybody know the song? No? If you want me to stop singing, too bad. I had to listen to the whole thing. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times that others have to wait for you. She finished the song and all of my anger and anxiety, it just disappeared. And I was perfectly patient for the rest of my life. The song did not make me feel more patient. It, 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 it made me feel angry. And then it got stuck in my head, and I would sing it over and over. About a week later, Chrisanne phoned me one day after school. She always was staying after to help. It was a rainy day. She called me because I was the one intern who had a car, and she asked for me to pick her up at the school. And I said, well, you're just going to have to be patient. Be. And she hung up, and I just waited. I read my book. She called back 15 minutes later. I finally went to get her. It was pouring down rain. She was standing on the sidewalk when I pulled up into the schoolyard and I could see a very deep puddle in front of her, right in front of the sidewalk. I had to choose between my brake and the gas. And I chose the gas pedal. I, I swamped her. Have you ever seen it like in a cartoon? It looks like that in real life. And I was singing Be Patient the whole time. <laughs> and um, can I still be your pastor after that? It was over 20 years ago. This... This was nothing like Jesus. Right? I did not make Jesus visible in that moment. And whenever we're impatient, we don't, we don't make Jesus visible. We make something else visible. And here, I want to be very sincere and serious here. Uh, the calling to live in a way that makes Jesus visible is not only good for others, and it is good for others. When you're impatient, it is like splashing mud all over them. It is with your children, with your coworkers, with people in your family, with people in your church, with the person that you're, you've promised to spend your life with, it's awful. Impatience is like that. It's like mud in the face. It's also the very best thing for you because you need patience. Uh, you and your spouse are in different places and you're further along. You want them to catch up with you, but they're not, where you are, and it's causing lots of tension, and so you need patience. At work, there's a project that you've been assigned. It's a great project. You know it. 
The more you dig into it, the more complex it seems. And there's a part of you that wants to give up. But you know if you keep going on it, the result will be really good. So what you need is patience. Uh, you're a junior in high school. A lot of your friends are going off to college next year and you want your life to start so bad you cannot imagine how you'll tolerate another year with your parents and they can't imagine how to tolerate another year with you. So you both need patience. Uh, you, you've come to church a few times. You've started to get on the path of faith and you've decided, I'm going to turn a new leaf over. You've made a great decision. You look around you, you see other Christians who seem to be further along than you are, and now you're down on yourself and you're envious of them, and what you need is patience. All of us need patience because patience is an absolutely critical ingredient in our calling. Not just because it's good for us, it is, but because for us to walk worthily of the calling that God has given us in Christ, we need to learn to walk in patience if we're going to walk in such a way that will make Christ visible. So let's start with real clarity about what patience actually is. Because it's not one of those words we dwell on. Let's do that this morning for a few moments. Patience is the ability to delay receiving something that you desire or need over a time period that is beyond what you had hoped for and to do that without complaint. It's suspending gratification and living with dissatisfaction without becoming agitated or anxious, without getting angry or upset. Uh, essentially, get this, essentially, patience means suffering well. Uh, the Greek word that Paul uses that's translated as uh, patience here, that came into our language through Latin and then Old French with the word that literally means to suffer. That's what patience means, to suffer. And you can find this if you pay attention to the times when we use that word not as an adjective to describe a person's demeanor, but when we use it as a noun. We call the person who's ill and sick and suffering, who then goes to the hospital, we call them a patient because they're suffering. And the, that noun then becomes an adjective describing someone as a patient person because she is someone who suffers in a particular way. Do you understand that? There's two different ways to suffer. You can fight it and become agitated and angry. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? And that's one way to suffer. The other way to suffer is to do so without getting riled up, without complaining, without freaking out or losing heart, without giving up, because that's what suffering makes you want to do. Doesn't it? So patience means suffering well, and when compared with the other virtues, I think this is a fact, it is without peer in value for the kind of life that God wants for you. Patience is a quality which is indispensable for the kind of walking that makes Jesus visible, but now I'm going to give you a warning. Whether you want to follow Jesus or not, you know you want patience, but here's the warning. The only way to get patience is to suffer. That's what it means. If you want to grow in patience without any hardship or challenge, you actually don't really want to grow in patience. You want something else. And I'm going to tell you what you really want then. You want a fantasy. Because there's no such thing as a life that doesn't have challenges. I know how tempting it is to look at yourself and think no one's got it like I've got it. And the truth about it is, no one has it like you've got it. That's true. But beside that truth is everybody else in the room, 
also has the hardest thing that they've got to carry. They all have hardship with your children, with your parents, with your friends, with your coworkers, with your spouse, with your church. Okay, can we admit that? Church is a place that's got challenges too, right? The fact about patience is you need it and the only way to get it is to learn to suffer well. So that's what we're gonna think about together. We're gonna learn about how patience can help us. Now, I wanna tell you something. Please listen to this too. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to hear what comes next, not as my good advice or, or my thoughts, but rather as God's way of building you up for the journey that you are on. And you should open yourself to that. Open your mind and your heart to that because God wants you to grow. No matter where you are, you should grow. If you're not a follower of Jesus, then you also will, I promise you, if you apply yourself, you'll learn good things here in terms of patience and how it is useful. Because it is. And that's what I'm gonna dwell on for a little bit. How patience is useful. Uh, those of you who come regularly, you are already anticipating a list of three ways in which patience is useful. Because somehow, everything always comes in thirds, right? Do you notice that about me? Do you or not? You can admit it, right? Last week, a few people told me that I always have three points, so guess what? You're getting four this morning. <laughs> First, patience is useful for waiting. And this is the most obvious. But let's think about this for a minute. For those times when you want something now, but you can't and won't have it, Patience will enable you to experience the time between now and when you receive what you want in a manner that is calm and peaceful instead of agitated and annoyed. And since so much of your life involves waiting for, you for what you don't have yet, that means that patience can potentially help you have a completely different kind of life. What are you waiting for? Think about that for a minute. A patience is this Ability to walk through the suffering of not having what you want now in such a way that it's okay with you uh, so that you are able to wait. Patience is useful for waiting. That's the first. Second, pati patience is useful for persevering successfully. Uh, this word sounds a bit more complicated. It is different than pure waiting. Persevering is that quality that enables you when you have a goal which is far down the road to keep going even though all you get to see day after day is one tiny little accomplishment after another. On their own, they don't matter very much. They don't mean too much. They're hard to celebrate because they're so small. But perseverance is keeping at it even though the results are smaller than you wish that's when you need perseverance, and without patience, you will give up. You can't persevere. Without the ability to suffer through meager and disappointing results now, you will never make it to that good end down there. And so patience is useful for persevering, for hanging in there. And I'm sure there's many, of place, many places where you need to do that. Up behind you, there are probably some regrets that came because you didn't persevere. Ahead of you, let's hope there are some victories that come because you learned patience to persevere. Third, for those times when you don't just need to wait and you don't just need to hang in there through meager results, but for those times that when what you've got to face is brutally challenging, it's too hard for you to manage on your own. And some of you are there. Patience is useful for enduring those kinds of hardships that will make you want to give up. And I know that some of you are in the midst of those. 
when the road that you have to walk is too, too rocky for you, when the hardships you have to carry are too heavy for you to manage, when the conditions at work are completely intolerable and you can't quit, when the challenges of parenting are beyond you and you can't exchange your children for new ones. <laughs> Admit it, you've thought of it more than once. When, when it's Alzheimer's in your beloved spouse, when it's a cancer diagnosis, When death has robbed you of someone that you love and now you're alone. When it was divorce that shattered you or that maybe will shatter you. When it's anxiety, depression, mental illness and you can't do it. What you need is patience so that you're able to endure because that's what life is sometimes. It just requires endurance. And for, for endurance, it's useful as well. That's the third. Here's the fourth. You need patience when the relationships that you are committed to require forbearing. Patience is useful for forbearing. That's an old-fashioned word, but it's a great one. A forbearing means putting up with difficult people. And maybe those first three seem too grand. This is the most ordinary. Every one of you today is going to have to either exhibit patience because that person is just plain difficult. Or you're going to you're just going to throw mud in their face. And that's what's going to happen. It's one or the other. And for hanging in there with people that you're committed to, you need patience. You need to forbear. And I want you to know this too. It's an illusion that everybody else's marriage, everybody else's friends, everybody else's work environment is much easier than yours because nobody else has to deal with the people that are as difficult as you do. That's not true. What you need is patience. You need patience for all four of them. Look at them now. You need patience for waiting because whether you like it or not, you're going to have to wait. You need patience for persevering because endlessly there are going to be opportunities for you to give up. But trust me now, there is a path that God is calling you on and he does not want you to give up. You need to endure and whether we like it or not, the question is not, Am I going to have a life with suffering in it? But rather, what am I going to do through this life of mine which has the suffering in it? And you need patience to endure. And then though it seems mundane, maybe the most corrosive lack of patience is the kind that exists between companions who've been pressed close together because of the circumstances of life. Because we're all interns at the same school. And somebody else got into the bathroom before me. And someone needs to be picked up after school. And I have to decide to use the brakes rather than the gas pedal. So if patience is so critical for all these things, then how shall we get it? How will we, how will we get it? I told you at the start, I, I really believe this, not because of me. I think God has helped me out an awful lot in this regard. Now, some of you are thinking, I've seen his impatience before. You didn't know me 20 years ago. God has helped me. God wants to help you. That's why you're here. That is exactly why you're here. God is for us. We're not alone. He's ready to give us what we can't acquire ourselves so we grow. So how will we grow in patience? Before we answer, can we all admit together how very difficult it is to cultivate patience in the time in which we live? Do, do you know why I say that? Faster. 
we've never lived in a time where we can get everything we want as quickly as we can get it now. And, and there's a reason for it. There's a reason why you want everything faster. The advertisers know that impatience is good for business. Think about that for a minute. And, and really, let that thought dwell in you. The speed of your internet connection. Last year, it seemed great. This year, it's impossibly slow. How could you have possibly lived with such a slow connection? The pace of delivery for the goods that you purchase. Can you remember 10, 15 years ago if you ordered something from the mail? The rate of completion for the services that you purchase. The success of your diet in how many days it takes you to lose this many pounds. The results of your exercise routine. You will look brand new in just this many days. Your child's improvement in music. How fast you can learn a new language if you just download this app. Everything is faster, faster, faster. But I want you to listen now. Trust me here. The quicker things come to you, the less patient you become over time. It's true. As you are conditioned to expect what you want right now, you lose the capacity to wait. Patience varies inversely with how quickly you get what you want. This is not just a preacher's sort of trick to make you want what he's going to offer you. There, there are uh, folks who at the University of Massachusetts conducted extremely extensive studies on millions of internet users, and they established quite plainly that the faster your internet is, the less you are patient to wait. It's just how it goes. On Monday, this week, I finally decided to buy this set of pool balls that I had literally been, been wanting for one full year. Anybody else do that? You want to buy something, but you wait, and you keep waiting. You do that or not? It's kind of fun, right? It stretches it out. I must have looked at these things on the internet a hundred times over the last year. Monday morning, I was tired. I got up and I remembered someone had given me an Amazon gift card. Do you think Amazon helps us in patience? <laughs> I'd literally never bought anything from Amazon. Michelle said, you know what? Why don't we go on? We can buy it on Amazon Prime. What is this, I thought. I got on. I looked at it. I found the pool balls. They are in Belgium, okay? They're from Belgium. Click now to receive your order by May 14th. Do you know that Monday was May 14th? I could get them now? Today? I want them. I clicked. I put in my card number, my address. Then it came up that I couldn't have them until May 16th, and I was indignant. I'd never been so mad in my life. Two days? I have to wait two days for these things? What's wrong? I had been waiting a year, and I was fine until I thought I could have them that day. And then all day Monday, I kept saying to Michelle, can you check the progress? Have they shipped yet? <laughs> if patience is really good for you, then it means that ever-increasing speed isn't necessarily an unequivocal benefit. I'm glad I got the pool balls on Wednesday. I was able to play a few games, and that was fun. But it may be bad for us to always have what we want right now. What you need, what I need, what we need together is to learn patience. How do you get it? How do you begin to walk in patience? Remember what I'm asking. How do you begin to suffer well? Because that's what we're talking about. Be patient. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've been annoyed at Chris Ann since then. But listen now, the truth about that song is it actually has the answer in it in just two words. It's where she sang, remember God. Those two words right there. I'm telling you that 
Patience, which all of us need, is like a path that you have to walk on and you can only get on that path when you go through a door that is going to be blocked for all of us. And I think that the key, as much as there is a key that any one of us can employ to open that door, is to remember God. Uh, to those of us who have faith, who trust God, who are wanting to walk with Jesus, I'm going to tell you now that what you need to do is grow in patience. And in order to do that, you must call to mind the truth about who God is. You must remember God. If you're not a person who follows Christ and you're here, stay with me now. I hope that the more you strive for patience, the less satisfied you become until you're driven to throw yourself into the arms of Jesus. I, I mean that. That might seem like an odd or a mean thing to say. I don't want you to be like me or think like me. I couldn't care less about that. I want you to know Jesus and the power that God has to carry every one of us so that we can have the patience that we need, not just to wait, but to endure and persevere and to forbear with others. And the key to that is remembering God. What, what is it that you call to mind that enables you to be patient? For each one of the areas in which patience is useful, there is something to call to mind. Let's start with that first one, with waiting. There is something about God that you can remember that helps you when what you need is to wait. When right now you don't have what you want. When you need to dwell for a moment without that thing in order to move forward in that kind of patience, you must remember that God has a good plan. When you want that thing which is good, do everything you can, which is right, to get it. Work hard to see the outcome that you want to see. Tell God what you want in prayer. But then, listen, if it's not happening when you want it to happen, remember that God has a good plan. Remember that it may not include that you get what you want, but it's still a good plan. Remember that if you want it and you work for it and it's not coming, it's still okay for you to say in your own heart, maybe this is not God's plan. God has a good plan. Those that promise is captured so brilliantly. Listen to this. This is in God's word, not my word. In Jeremiah 29, 11, for surely I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. God knows and God has a plan and it may not be yours. The brilliance, I think, of these words is that they were spoken to God's people right after they were told by the prophet that they were not going to get what they wanted for 70 years. They were in exile. Other prophets had told them, don't worry, don't even unpack your boxes. You're going to come back in two or three months. Jeremiah heard from God, no, they will not come back until their children are old enough to have their own children. They're not getting what they want. And then God said, I know the plans I have for you. And so if you are struggling to wait to have that patience, to suffer through waiting, call this to mind. God knows the plans he has for you and they're good. You can do that. You're free to do that. You do that and you'll start walking in patience to wait. Let's look at the second one. What about when the patience you need is for persevering, when you have to keep at a task that you have to complete? that you feel like giving up on it because you're not seeing the results you expected, whether this is in the office or in the, in the kitchen at home because you're a parent and it's a grind in a way you didn't imagine. It's not happening when you wanted it. Maybe you feel like giving up on the whole thing, on you even. Then what you need to do is remember God is not done yet. And I want you to know 
that it's never, ever right for you to say, well, God's just done with me. He's never done with you. He's never done with any of us. Uh, no matter how your impatience is bursting forth, no matter how poorly you are showing Jesus to others, God is not done with you. And when you have a goal that he himself has set before you, no matter how brutally hard it is to keep working at it, God's not done yet. You can call to mind this word of God. This comes from uh, the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. I am confident in this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can't claim this promise if you're the one who started this own work. If your work is to run away from God, don't count on God allowing that to be completed. I'm serious. God doesn't want anybody to run away from him. He'll chase you down. But if you are on a path that you're working at because God has told you this is the right path, it's a good one, walk on it, then trust that God is not done yet. You can call this to mind. You can remember that the one who began this good work, whether it's for you individually, for your family, for your friendship group, for our church, Renaissance Church has a great calling. It's beautiful to make Jesus known in this world around us. We will encounter times that will be difficult, that will make us think perhaps we should give up. Don't. God is faithful. You can call that to mind. Look at the third one on the list there. And this one's for some of us here, the most personal. For those times when the patience we need is for enduring. Because we're not just saying it. It literally is too hard for us to go. We're watching our daughter suffer from an illness and we can't change it. We're carrying that illness. Someone we love is hurting and we can't change it. We can't fix this mind of ours. We can only endure or I have to suffer brutally because someone else has gone that way instead of this way. What then? Remember God transforms troubles. That's what then. Not that God takes troubles away. Sometimes he doesn't. Never, please listen to this, never that God is the author of evil. He's not. God hates suffering. But when we suffer... God is ready to give us patience so that we can endure by transforming those troubles if we're willing to walk with him. Here is a good word from Jesus' own brother. Open your heart. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, whatever they are, the trials that someone else put on you or you put on yourself, whatever it is, Consider it nothing but joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. There it is. There is no patience without suffering. But listen, let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. God is mighty to bring maturity out of difficulty. God is the one who brings beauty out of ashes. God is the one who turns death into victory in his own son, and he's ready to do that for you. And what you need is you need patience to endure. And so here, remember that God transforms troubles and hang in there. That's the third, now the fourth. Sometimes what we need is patience for forbearing. And, and this may seem like the most mundane on the list. Why leave this for last? 
But this is the most pervasive, I'm telling you. You're gonna be inspired by those first three and you're gonna go home and you're gonna start talking and then there's gonna be a glass that was left on the counter instead of being put in the dishwasher. And you're just gonna freak out. That's what's going to happen to me today. I preach the sermon and I'm gonna get annoyed. I'm not kidding. But you are too. And since most of our life is not in the grand achievements, in the victories over those challenges, but rather in the everyday of walking with that other person who, to be frank, we just have to put up with them. What we need is patience in order to forbear, to bear with them. And by the way, the instrument which is this church in God's hands. And that's what a church is. A church is not its own thing. It's an instrument in the hands of Almighty God. This instrument has such magnificent potential to do for us here as we're growing what God wants to do for all of the people around here. You know how easily this church's effectiveness would be undermined if we stopped forbearing with each other. So what we need is patience for that. What you're going to do in order to grow in patience there, is remember God is patient with you. When you think of how difficult that other person is and what a test they are in your patience, you're going to remember God is patient with you. When at work you think, if only I didn't have such incompetent colleagues, I would success. How am I going to put up with them? You're going to remember that God is patient with you. When she does that thing again, which you've asked her not to do 15 times, when he takes that tone of voice yet again, you're going to remember that God is patient with you. When they're off going that way instead of that way, when everything's falling apart and you just think, why are they so miserably ineffective in every way in life? You're going to remember that God is patient with you. You're going to call to mind that truth and that truth is going to save you from being overbearing on them. But listen now, and maybe this is more important. That truth is going to remind you of who you are, which is someone that God has to bear with. Do you know that you annoy God as much as other people annoy you? Have you ever thought of that? But please listen now. God loves you more than you've ever loved another person in your whole life. He does. And, and listen now, this is God's word from the, the very same man who wrote the words in Ephesians 4 that are guiding us, the Apostle Paul. Look at what he wrote about himself and God. This is 1 Timothy 1.15. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom, of whom I am the foremost. Paul looked at himself and said, I have so far to go in every one of these areas. I'm not humble. I'm not gentle. I'm not patient. I don't bear with people. I have, um, I have so many miles to go. But the saying is absolutely certain. Christ came to save people like me. And then he goes on to write these words. But for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. Paul looked at himself and the grace he received and thought, God's using me as an example of his own patience because if he can be patient with me, he can be patient with everybody. And that's why I stand before you and tell these embarrassing stories of my own impatience. Mud on the face, fussing about unclean dishes in every other way. God is patient with me, thank God. 
and he's patient with you. Now, if you think like I think, wouldn't it be good to have an entire message on how to do this, how to forbear with the faults of others? Come back next week. The next term in Paul's list after patience is bearing with one another in love. And that's what we're gonna do together next week. We're gonna learn about that. All so that we can grow to become people who are worthy of the calling that God has given us to make Christ visible. I want you on the journey with me. I want you on it. I do. And I want you on it for two reasons, for you and for the world that God loves. Let's pray. God, help us grow. We can't grow without your help. What we need now is to have the, the door that blocks this road to patience unlocked for us fully. Would you help us take the words that come from your word, take them into our hearts so that we can grow to be people who are patient enough to wait and to persevere, to endure, and to forbear others. I ask that as we've listened and, and thought and imagined and, and grown and been moved this morning, that your spirit would make of us something new. Help us grow. We want that in the name of Jesus, who is patient with all of us. And we pray for it in his name. Amen.